Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Hey, how's it going, folks? Welcome back. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. I'm your host, Joe Liu, and today I'm here with Pastor Lydia, co-founder of 180 Church, pastor of Transformation, and wife to Dr. Sammy. And today... We're here to talk about something that I think just kind of hits close to home, you know, like if you've ever identified with the saying, it's just never enough, you know, we might find ourselves in the same boat. And I think there's something to that where in our human condition, it just seems like we always come back to a complacency or contentedness with what we have. And researchers call this the hedonic treadmill. Um, And this is something that I think a lot of people might experience in their day to day lives and, you know, just can't seem to find happiness no matter where they turn and so i think this conversation we're having today about gratefulness and what it means to garner uh an attitude and a life of gratitude uh, an attitude of gratitude is just a key in which we can really fill our lives with joy when we remember and we reflect on the life that we've been given and the things that we've been given in this life that often we could take for granted it's in reflection and it's in hindsight and when we think really deeply about how this life happened and why it has happened maybe we could trace back the roots to one single source you know and that's for us the lord and so if you're listening to this we hope that you're blessed by this conversation um i got a lot out of it and learned a lot and so i hope that we can all take away from what it means to live grateful lives and so here's dr sammy the scripture today is from Luke chapter 17, 11 to 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. So, this is my favorite pizza place. It's brothers, and um, is, does that look good? Yes. You guys hungry? Yes, I know. It looks really good, and it, it is. Um, so I, I go one day to my favorite pizza place at midnight, because I get in trouble that way sometimes. And um, this place closes at, two, I think, 2, 3 a.m. on Friday. And um, there was just a couple of us in there, and there was a man trying to barter a slice of pizza by putting his belt taking his belt out, because he had no money. And he put it on the counter and <laughs> told, the, told the owner, 
one of the brothers, this place is called Brothers, and one of the brothers' names is John. He's like, John, come on, I've been here for many years. This belt is from Periellus. And I'll just give you this belt. Just give me a slice. And there was this whole big commotion. There, you know, guys were trying to take him out. You know, and he goes, I'm really hungry. I want this slice of pizza. And my wife and I, of course, saw this event and decided that we'll give him a, you know, we bought a pie, so we'll give him a slice. I said, and I took, you know, we took him outside. We, we talked to him. I said, hey, you're hungry. Here, we'll give you two slices. He goes, thank you so much. You know, thank you. I really appreciate it. And then he started eating the pizza in front of us. And my wife and I, we felt joy. How many people ever felt that when you gave something away and you felt joy in your heart, right? It's better to give than to receive. But, but then, after the person was eating the slice, said, I am so grateful for this, for this meal, but now I have another problem. Could you give me $10? Because I have no way to get home. I need bus fare. There is a, a psychological study done about the human condition. And why? No matter if you were paralyzed or won the lottery, everybody's baseline comes to the same place again. No matter how much mis misfortune or blessing someone rece receives in their life, you basically get reoriented and get used to anything new, no matter the, to, to what degree, both good and bad. And this, this chart right here is called the hedonic treadmill or adaptation. Psychologists have studied multiple studies where the human condition, you can be a lottery winner. Eventually you go, why did I win all this money? And you hate the money. And you wish you never won it. So in, in this hedonic treadmill, it says, date with hot babe. Get really happy. Look at that. Ten points higher than the baseline of happiness. Right? Because, hey, if this happened to you, how many guys are praying for this right now? All right? I mean, you know, a lot of people in our church get married, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, just kidding. But, uh, hey, it happens. Um, so... Then your dog dies. But this chart shows you that life comes in intervals. But you always come back to contentment. And you don't feel happier or less, you know, or, or more depressed. You come back to a baseline, a mean, an average. So the problem with this is that we are fighting human nature in our relationships every day. For people who are not married, they go, only if I was married and I had this husband or this wife, I would be so happy. And then you get married and you're like, oh, I was just, I was single. And then there's people complaining about this and some guys are going through their marital or, you know, their couples, you know, quarrel and they're just like, you don't know, bro, you don't know. Right? And they're the, the, the person that's alone is like, you don't know, bro, you don't know. And everybody is sort of thinking that the grass is greener on the other side. But every circumstance, every good thing that happens because of human nature, 
the hedonic adaptation. We adapt to any baseline of happiness, and we need more. And we quickly forget what we received. And why this is troublesome in our relationship with God and one another is we take each other for granted. Someone look at the person next to you. I'm going to take you for granted just now because I'm sitting next to you and I don't care. No, I mean, I'm going to take you for granted. No matter how kind you are, no matter what you give me, I will eventually forget. That's human. It's, it's a war of attrition. And we have this amazing superpower called amnesia. We tend to forget really quickly. And so why I want to help us unpack this text is to really move into what I prayed about in the very beginning, why we're so discontent in the first world. When we have the most money, the best medicine, the most advances, kings have dreamed to live in this context. The conveniences in the modern era. But yet, the CDC has said that by 2050, over 50% of the U.S. population will be struggling with mental illness. Colleges are even worse with students showing triple, or some studies are showing even greater than that, jumping of depression and anxiety more than ever seen in the history of mankind. But you're like going to Columbia and NYU. Like people would die to go to those places. But here you are. I remember when I first got into Yale and they paid me to go to school for a fellowship. When I first got the letter, they made me feel so good. Dr. Kim was the first line. And I said, honey, look, they call me Dr. Kim. <laughs> Yale called me Dr. Kim. She's like, wow. And he goes, they gave me, they're going to give me money for a fellowship. I remember I was so elated. How many people ever felt this when you got into your choice school? Man, you got you matched to the residency. You got into the school you wanted. You got the salary you wanted. You're like, I'm on top of the world. Three months later, I told my wife, Yale sucks. <laughs> But I thought it was the Ivy Tower. It, it, it was amazing. They're paying you to go. They should pay me more. <laughs> Do you know how long the traffic is in 95? This is, it took four hours going there and coming back. I had to sleep there. Luckily, I had a friend that put me up. But see, I wasn't even ungrateful for that. Suddenly, I went from elation back to the baseline. When I got into Harvard, it took me six months. I was enamored with the name. And then after six months, I do not want to get on this plane. All the people in my fellowship are dumb. <laughs> but back to the baseline. We need more, more, more. And so then what is, why are we so discontent? So whatever you're looking forward to right now in your mind, whatever vacation, whatever person, Whatever column in your bank account, it's going to make you unhappy eventually. Then what are you living for? So why are we so discontent in our culture? What is the secret of moving away from discontentment to contentment? What's the secret sauce? 
this text teaches us that. So let's look. Jesus asked, read it with me, we're not what? We're not all ten cleansed. They were in the border between Samaria and Galilee, a twilight zone, a twilight place, where in the first century, in the ancient times, leprosy, both by the Jews and the Samaritans, was looked upon as a curse. The physical manifestation of all that's, you know, taking place. And now we know modern medicine teaches us that's really pain sensors that have died. And therefore, you can't really tell the limits of how you should move. And eventually, if you can't um, tell if, if the stove is hot, you put your hand there, you burn your hand, or you could break your ankle or your arm and your eye, so you, you look disfigured. So leprosy was seen as a death sentence. You couldn't live because you were considered unclean by religion. So you had to live as an outcast. But Jesus says, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? There was one Samaritan and nine Jews. The question I have for you is this. Why didn't the nine return? The nine didn't return because, first, they were in such overwhelming desperation, it didn't matter whatever solution would come. It didn't even matter who would save them from their problem. It was so overwhelming, it didn't matter who helped them, they would have taken it. And the relief was so great, they completely forgot who healed them. But of course, we're not like this, right? I mean, all of us are grateful. We'll be like the Samaritan that went to the feet of Jesus and be like, Jesus, thank you. Because that's how we live our lives. We live a life of worship, don't we? That's sarcasm. If you don't know that, that's my love language for you. I mean, we don't struggle with this, spiritual amnesia. I remember my first car was a 1986 Camaro. Someone from Staten Island gifted that to me. It's a collectibles item. And when I was like 18, I had no idea how to treat a car. And in two years' time, I, I didn't get one oil change. My 1986 Camaro died in the New Jersey Turnpike. Eventually, it would stop running. And all the smoke was coming out of it. And I was like, I think, I think my wife was with me. Not then, she was my friend, but I was working on it. And, um, <laughs> and, um, and I was like, I don't know what's wrong with this car. I mistreated the car. I didn't know anything about oil changes. You know? I got my license when I was 18. And um, you know, I lived in the city. But, <laughs> but I had a dream car when I was 18. What do you think my dream car was? A Lamborghini? No. A Nissan Altima. <laughs> the cute Nissan Altima in gold. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I have issues. And um, I remember looking at it, I'm like, I don't know what's up with this car, but that's the car I want. That's the car I really want. Gold. 
Nissan Altima. I named it Pikachu. <laughs> I'm not, that's not a joke, it's serious. <laughs> but I mean, and, and um, I remember getting that car, you know, my parents bought it for me. Uh, I didn't know how to take care of a car. I, I was going to take care of this. I remember the first two months, you know, I was cleaning it. I was telling people, get out of the car. What are you doing? Don't eat in the car. After three months, I was like eating everything in the car, <laughs> you know. Uh, and then my friend got a Lexus. And I looked at his car and looked at mine. And Pikachu looked childish <laughs> compared to the Lexus. And I was like, you know, I want a Lexus now. I'm, I'm done with this childish games here. I, want to, I mean, here is human nature. I get, you get your dream, yet you're discontent. You're not content anymore. You want something more. Tell someone next to you, more. Yeah, a little more. Do you know what the real scandal of this passage is? The real scandal of this passage is not the healing of the ten lepers. The real scandal is that nine did not return to worship. Because we're working against this part of us. You see, Jesus can save you. God can heal you, save you, give you a job, give you all these external things, the situations you might be in your life. And those are the things that we might pray for, whether you're a believer or you're a seeker, or somewhere in between, you make these negotiations with the Spirit. Charles Dickens' um, Scrooge caused the Spirit working in his life, the, the, the Spirit of Christmas. Spirit, not God, not the Holy Spirit. Charles Dickens used the word Spirit. Sometimes we negotiate with the Spirit if you're not a Christian. If I could just pass this test, if I could just get this job, it's like a, you know, a lucky charm. C.S. Lewis talks about in Surprised by Joy, before he even became, he gave his life to Christ. He, he talks about, he called God the Spirit. He didn't know who he was, but he knew that a spirit were working in his life, closing in on him. So some of you who are seeking might not even believe in Jesus. But then you know that something is working in your life, a spirit. But you're confused there. But even though when we make these deals, and I've seen tons of people make these deals, and God would answer and come through, automatically forget. Why? Because the human condition is utilitarian. Tell someone next to you, you're utilitarian. Tell them, you, you utilitarian. Don't call me that. Yeah, you are utilitarian. The human species has evolved to a certain extent where we bend nature to our will for our survival and now for flourishing. And so it's very, very natural for us to use God, whatever's out there in the universe, to survive and thrive. And that's why we don't return. We don't attribute the quotation of a novel like our life is really a novel that God is working on, but we don't leave the quotation of the author. 
And we say, we did all that great stuff. And we forget the work of the Spirit. Utilitarians are thieves. We take and steal and don't attribute to quotations. The proper references. If you all went to college, you know how to do that. Or you'll get expelled. Can you write a single research paper without references? No, because no one cares. If you, especially if you're in college, you know nothing. The professor doesn't care what you have to say. You go, why not? I'm a millennial. Or a Gen Y. I mean, you know, it's like... Because you know nothing. That's why you're in a bachelor's program. That means you know nothing. <laughs> you have to cite and argue based on what? Sources, the body of knowledge that existed before you. And if you take it as your own, you're a thief. Plagiarism. That's what a lot of people do, both believers and seekers. We steal the work of God and we credit to ourselves because we forget the work that he's done. And so what Jesus needs to save, what the gospel needs to save, is not your, just your situation. Whatever situation you'll be in, he has to save that part of the heart that's utilitarian in nature, that uses my nature. That has to change. If there is an apologetic for why someone needs a savior, that's why. Because if we live that way in a marriage, we live that way in a friendship, we what? We hurt people around us. Why are we so discontent? Well, what, this, what does this te text teach us? Well, first thing, read it with me. We're discontent because what? Tell someone next to you, we what? Tell them, we, you forget too easily. Did you forget my birthday? We forget too easily. Soon as it happens, we forget. Amnesia is part of human nature. We adapt and we move forward. And only in hindsight can we not, and I talked about this, only in hindsight could we see our sin, but only in hindsight could you actually, if you reflected, see the fingerprints of God working in your life, in situations in your life you didn't even know. And for the seeker, that's very important to connect the dots because that's the part you're missing. God's always been working in your life. He, he's your creator, your author of your story. The, the tension and the ambivalence exist because you don't know who's writing your story. So here's this war of attrition taking place of how we forget too quickly. So how, do, how will we love each other well if we forget? My wife tells me all the time, says, when you say thank you, because she makes coffee for me when I'm home and I'm not traveling every morning for us, because if I make the coffee, no one drinks the coffee. But she swears that she's just busy when I make the coffee, but that's beside the point. But when she makes the coffee and I say thank you, she goes, it makes my day. But when you don't say thank you, it doesn't ruin my day. It doesn't make my day. Because like it's, it's, you take it for granted, right? Sometimes I forget. Why? Because she makes it every day. And it's so good, sometimes I get consumed by the pleasure of it, except the person who made it for me. 
That's human nature. That's what we're fighting against, and that's what God has to save. So how do you save that part? Let's move down. So first, we forget too easily. That's why we're discontent. So verse 14, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. So here's the part of everyone, seeker, believer, in your relationship with God. When you pray and when you plead before God, usually God will work. Even if you, and he knows you might not come back to him and give him credit for what he's done, the work he's doing in your life. Jesus knew they wouldn't come back automatically, but he healed them anyway. Why? Because he's good. So when they were going and cooperating with what Jesus said, they were cleansed. Verse 15 says, One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at the feet of Jesus and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. What is the difference between this man? And I've seen this for many years in the church. People who have no affiliation with going to church when they were, when they were little, and you didn't go to Sunday school, they're the ones, usually, who come to Christ, who experience miracles in their life. They're the ones that follow the Christ most, most fervently. They're the ones that serve, like, hey, can I do anything else? But you're only a Christian for a year. doesn't matter. I love Jesus. I do everything, anything. This person that's been in church 10 years, I'm burned out. I'm burned out, bro. Come on, everybody wants me to serve. What do I look like? A servant? Well, you know, the Bible says serve like Jesus. Is. I want to serve. Like, come on, let me relax. Let me rest. Doesn't the Bible talk about Sabbath? Ten years. And, and this, the, the contrast is great. I'm tired. I'm tired of all my leisure. I'm tired. You know, I'm just tired of serving. Because serving, serving others, loving others is hard. Why does that happen? Why does that happen for believers? We become very shallow people when we forget easily. There's no depth to our soul. It's a little more. What's next? It's what are you doing for me lately? Utilitarians will hurt people and will hurt themselves. What is the difference with this man than the other nine? Because he says, one of them, when he saw he was healed. The other nine, when they saw he was healed, they thought, my family. And that's a good thing. I haven't seen my family for years. And they ran. This man, when he saw he was healed, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet. He worshipped. Reflection. The difference is reflection. Tell someone, the difference is reflection. So let me ask you a question. How much do you reflect lately? How, how, or do you reflect or are you just binging on the next episode? On Netflix, Hulu, Disney, Apple TV. What else is there? They're just basically making us more shallow. 
even though I watch all those shows. <laughs> right? You have less time to reflect because you're moving on. What's next? That's us consumers. We're a beast. And you know what? Desire will never be satisfied because your desire is not made for this world. It can never be satisfied. You want another adventure, another story. It will never stop. The difference, the only difference between the 10% and the 90 was a little bit of reflection of what has happened. And so some, I hear some preaching where, where pastors point at people and say, you are ungrateful people. You're a grateful person. I don't think that's true. I think every single person has the capacity to be grateful. It's just that you lack reflection. Those who reflect will eventually come to understand, in hindsight, oh, my parents were so great. My friend was so great. I need to appreciate them. Just the lack of reflection. It's the shallowness of the age. For my wife's birthday, some people wrote some beautiful, beautiful, some beautiful gifts too. We had no idea. Someone sent us the vacuum cleaner. My wife was like, yeah! It was like a, one of those AI vacuum cleaners that cleans by itself. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was like, you know, some, I read one time in a blog, some people said that when you get a vacuum cleaner, it's not sexy for your birthday. But when I saw this vacuum, I was shouting for joy. <laughs> we have a dog, you know, and it's like, it d does it by yourself at night. And she was like, you know, grateful. But even more than the presents she received from certain people, I remember her seeing the cards, reading the cards, and tears falling. Hot tears. And, and a lot of us, you know, you know why a lot of us don't express gratefulness to, to God and to others? We don't think we're that important. Oh, what am I going to, how am I going to matter to this person or, or this ministry? You guys made a minister cry because of the power of your words. And what did that take? And it might have not even been your own idea. Well, I'm going to write a card myself. Someone suggested, hey, maybe it would be a good idea. Oh, yeah. Let me go ahead. Pastor Lydia. Mm. Maybe Doogie Hauser. Mm. <laughs> da, da, da. And you said, you know, and you reflected. And suddenly, you were shallow. Now you had depth all of a sudden. I have something to say. And some letters were like three pages long. I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> but think about that. You have the power of life in you. And we discount it because we lack reflection, critical reflection about what has happened. Because we're always looking to the future for some reason, for better and bigger and faster. What's next? That we miss out an amazing opportunity to bless others, to bless God. What's astonishing about this passage is that only one did that. What's astonishing is not the healing because God can do anything. It's, it's nothing is impossible with God, but it seems it's very impossible for people to be grateful to God, to tribute His work in their life because of their desperation and because of the unique selfishness that we have in us that God has to save us from. Why are we so discontent? 
Secondly, because we reflect too little. We're shallow because we reflect too little. And you know, one of the things I've learned with the death of my parents, we reflect too late. What's the point of showing appreciation? And you feel, people go, I feel it so deeply. I feel it more now than when my parents were alive. But I have to wait a few decades before I can express that gratitude. Our life is going to just be using other people if we don't reflect deeply. For those of us seeking, God is working in your life and you might not even be aware of it. Reflection is critical to connect the dots of God's fingerprints in your life. Because all along he was beside you, even when you couldn't tell. And he's close, working in your life. That's why the Christmas carol Charles Dickens wrote has been adapted over 20, 30 times. So millions of copies, because life change is amazing to watch. Because it's what? It's, it's, out, it's an outlier. Most people don't change. Don't you want to change? Reflection is required. Critical reflection is required. And don't reflect too late. Reflect now. Think about the fingerprints of God in your life. For those of you who believe, what is the temperature of your worship? Is it cold? Are you coming to church? Making coffee for people. Counting some heavy equipment. No one wants to help me. That's, that happens to us. Sometimes the pastor's like, oh, I've got to preach again. Why? <laughs> and then we wonder why would the world doesn't see a gospel worth believing in. You know, D.L. Moody said that one person out of here, out of 100 people in this city right now, one person might pick up a Bible and read it, but 99 will read the Christian. They'll read you, your temperature. Your faithfulness, your steadfastness of how you approach God in your life. So, as we come to a close, here's my last statement. The only difference between what? The mundane and what? And the sacred is our memory. We think something is mundane. Miracles happen every day. Not just in this text. Not just the healing of leprosy. There are miracles that happened in your life. Astonishing things. If you look at your, through your life. But it's now just mundane because of amnesia. Your memory has failed you. I pray the Spirit of God will show you different junctures in your life where his hand moved so powerfully and you cried tearful tears and you forgot that powerful grace in your life. And this is why altars are so important. So how do you overcome discontentment? Worship is what? The only antidote for discontentment. Only when you put quotation marks 
and reference the work of God, is your life complete? The angst we feel is that we didn't write this story. We didn't do the work. We didn't pay the bill. God did. Until we reference his, his work in our life, we're stealing. And I pray that today you would think of how God was beside you even when you couldn't tell. And I pray gratitude. Not to just things and people, but ultimately all good things, the Bible says, comes from the Father of lights. Amen. Let's stand and pray together. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and Friends. I'm your host, Joe Lou, and today I'm joined with Pastor Lydia, who's the co-founder here at 180 Church, pastor of Transformation and wife to Dr. Sammy. How are you doing, Pastor Lydia? I'm good, Joe. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, so thanks for joining us today. Um, and, you know, I really feel this this topic in particular really spoke deeply to me because... Um, we're discussing really a core essence of like our human nature, right? This human condition where it seems like whatever we get, whatever we gain in our lives, whatever gifts we've been given, uh, the relationships that we have, it seems it just seems like it's never enough, you know? Mm. And this speaks to me pretty broadly, I think, because, you know, I'm always feeling like I'm on the go. I'm always feeling like like what's the next thing and i think dr sammy touched on that a little bit and he and he referenced and he cited that this was what researchers call the hedonic treadmill right like mm. there's a baseline of happiness and it seems like no matter how happy we get because of certain things um circumstances or you know like experiences we grow quickly content with it and we go back to this very average baseline of contentedness and it just seems like that's really why we're often discontent, right? And for me, I'm not saying I'm always discontent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm always discontented with my life. But, you know, there are some things I always feel like can be a little better. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's kind of like the nuance that uh, Dr. Sammy talked about. And, you know, what alarmed me about it is the notion that when we're in this mindset or in this in this framework of operating in our lives, it's we we are we don't generate any gratefulness right and it just seems like every time we get something new the new toy or the new job promotion or get in the new relationship um we take it for granted and i'm just curious to know your thoughts about this and if you also feel like this is something that you might deal with or you know because we're all human I'm sure that there's a certain part of us that seems like this this seems very true for a large part but how how do we practice you know what Dr. Sammy talks about reflection so that we can instead of take things for granted be grateful because I would much rather think that I'm grateful for my life than to think that I'm taking it for granted you know Mhm Yeah I of course, I also struggle with that mm. um, because it, like you said, it is the struggle of human nature, right? To be discontented. Mm. But there is a, um, yeah, well, before I even get to that, um, yeah, I, 
I loved his second point. Mm-hmm. Um, even before we go into the first, like the second point about it's not that people, some people are more grateful by nature than others, mm-hmm. but that what's really missing is reflection. Mm-hmm. That that's like the key. Um, it was such a great angle, I thought, to um, be able to think about worship, to be able to think about gratitude. In that way, Mm -hmm. Um, even from the text, because, you know, like when I just read through the text, it seems almost like linear, like everything is just happening. One, two, three, four, like Mm -hmm. there were these lepers and they called out to Jesus. Jesus heals them and nine of them, nine out of ten um, don't return and one return. Like that's Mm -hmm. it seems almost like a very short story, but there's a process because you know, I guess we're just diving right in, but, you know, Jesus says to them, go show yourself to the priests, right? So there's step one. And as they went, there's step um, two, they were cleansed. So yeah, they were healed on the way. Mm. Um, in the process of being healed. So even though it's not much, they go to the priest to tell the show the priest healing mm. and in all in that whole process in reflection come back mm. that one Samaritan comes back and thanks Jesus so it shows that it's not like oh when you're healed you should right away um, feel gratitude but mm. it's not always the case because there's so much going on like yeah. you know an insight that Sam brought into the message was that the sometimes not saying that it was the case but sometimes because of the condition of life is so drab and difficult mm-hmm. that you're just so desperate for any kind of cure yeah. or any kind of relief that when relief comes you're so unaware of who helped you mm. or you forget yeah. But what's different about the the um, Samaritan was that he was cured just like the others, but he reflected. There is an inference of reflection when he realized um, he told a priest, like, you know what I mean? I mean, I guess it's inferential, mm-hmm. but that he came back and thanked Jesus. Right. Yeah. So... I think the reflection is pretty encouraging to know that we can become worshipers, <laughs> yeah. that we can become better yeah. at this. Right. And I think um, when Dr. Sammy spoke about that part in particular, there's like a very subtle nuance mm-hmm. or like subtle attitude that he captured that I think um, really exposes the human heart. Because I think when I think about like all the things I've been given, the gifts I've been given or um, all the, all the great experiences I've had, you know, it's, it's easy to just kind of think like you're, you know, like if you try to reflect on it, quote unquote, and you put a post on Instagram or something and it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, this is like me remembering something and like, you know, reflecting on like how great this so-and-so thing was. Right. But it, it, it just kind of goes to show that like a lot of us, well, I especially kind of feel like I'm nine out of ten, like one of the nine out of ten lepers, more so than that person that is reflective and can come back to the gift or the giver of the gift, right? Like I think in my head, I think like, oh, I'm very, I'm very grateful for my life and the things I've been given. But when I when I come to think about it, it's like 
when I'm given something, it seems like I'm very quick to be like, okay, so what can I do with this? And like, what's next? And that's kind of like the subtle line that kind of that's that's drawn between people that are actually grateful and people that are just looking for the next thing, right? Because I think when I was trying to reflect or when I was reflecting on this, it was, Mm. I, I think about times where, you know, like when I was younger, my parents would give me like, ten dollars to do something with the ten dollars right there was not really a moment in time where i was like oh i'm so grateful for this ten dollars thank you so much and then you know like praised my parents for it it was just kind of okay great like what can i buy right and i think that's really the essence of where we're at when it comes to like how do like how what do what do i do to make this something useful for me or what's like the next thing for me with this thing with this gain that i've had right um and I, I guess I kind of wanted to focus on that because, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's kind of disconcerting for me to think that, you know, I'm a shallow person, you know, or like that I don't carry as much depth than I, than I thought at first, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think the text is opposed to what's next, the thought mm-hmm. of what's next. Right. I think it assumes that that's just how human beings are, right? No. But it's the fact that returning back to what was given through reflection is more like a redemptive um, transition oh. into gratitude than a natural transition into gratitude. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. So there's so there's grace even in that. Yes, oh. and you know, hence you know the quote that Sam gave when he said. It takes, it's, it's beyond will. Like we, it's not just will that makes us worshipers. It's not just our human will that makes us grateful, but it's really God who makes us worshipers. It Mm. takes God to um, make us grateful. So yeah, I don't think it's about the next step per se, but it's about, you know, changing the trajectory to um, returning back Mm. to the, to what you've been given, who, who was the giver, mm. um, yeah, more than being opposed to like moving forward yeah. with it or right. doing good with it or right. what's next with it. Right. So it's almost our human inclination to have behaved in that way. But what kind of, if if I understand what you're saying, what kind of separates that is like the person that sits down and thinks about what just happened and, you know. I think there is something to that where there is gratefulness when you think back on certain things because, you know, like, I'm a, I'm a little bit older now. I'm in, like, my mid-20s, and, you know, I, I don't think that I was ungrateful when I was growing up, but, you know, I think I'm much more grateful now than I was before because I think about the, you know, like, the quarter century that I've lived and about how much I've been given and, you know, how much my parents have done for me and how loved I am and how supported I am. And it's, there is something strange that happens in, in me where I feel like a well of something like, it's like gratitude is the best word for it. But, you know, it's just like this very undefinable feeling that wells up in my heart. And I think that only does really come from reflection from my understanding, because like there's, at the time there's no way i could have seen that or there's no way that i could have 
thought about this this very deep feeling that I have about certain things I've been given or th- mm. things I've been blessed with, you know. Mm-hmm. So how did you come to reflection? Oh, uh, people taught me. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't... Mm. I think, like, with guidance from you and Dr. Sammy and just a, a great support and community around me. I And I was thinking about this after the fact of the sermon like and i was i was just kind of just writing in my journal um i've been doing this thing where i've been writing about like my like school journey um and i was just trying to imagine what it'd be like if i was doing this alone or if i didn't have the support and the love of people around me and like family and friends to support me through this just how lonely i would be and I was thinking, wow, I'm so grateful to even be struggling through this because Mm -hmm. I know that I can always come back to people that love me and, you know, push me to keep going or like, like accept me if I fail and such like that. And I don't know where I would be without that. Mm -hmm. But that's not something I could have thought of when I was going into the program. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't think, I don't think I was like thinking that. You, you know you know what I mean so it's it was kind of like I think I learned reflection from you know seeing how deep other people are when they when they're grateful or like I for example like when I speak with you you know or like Dr. Sammy there's there's just like this very deep sense of like love for life mm. you know um and I and I wonder what that is sometimes and I think about what that is and it must be that you know to me there is just such an appreciation and a gratefulness for this life that we do get to live, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that and I want that. And because I want that, I think it has led me to reflect on what it means to want those same things. Mm. So the key word you said in the beginning, right? And you ex- described the process of it, of learning, but you said you were taught. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it was taught to you. I think that's a great point, though, right? Because I think people listen to the podcast, listen to the message, and might think, "Well, okay, I can learn. I can um, reflect and become a worshiper. Mm-hmm. Um, I can reflect and become more grateful." But then people might get stuck at, "Well, I'm not very reflective. How do you do that?" Mm-hmm. And um, again, the question or just the black and white thinking of, well, I'm not very, ref- I'm not a very reflective person, someone mm. might say, right? But, you know, Sam always jokes in his messages, right? And and he always says, you know, men, you have to reflect. <laughs> it's like so hard for men to reflect, yeah. you know, and not to make it black and white, but, you know, it's funny because, you know, I guess the stereotype is that men just do do and do yeah. things and try to fix problems. Right. And um, women are more like more um, about talking through it, you know. Mm. So, yeah, there could be reflection alone, but you could reflect also with others. Um, but, yeah, it can't that process can be learned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, even for children. Right. I remember um, when uh our first son, Nathan, was a little younger. Um, like, we got into a huge brawl about, like, you know, Nathan, like, how could you be so spoiled? Like, it was, like, mm-hmm. one of those, you know, conversations. And I remember 
he was. You know, like when we're young, we all all get into these things. It's such a, it's an example of how we all get stuck in this mindset at, at one point or another. But it's like, you know, you could only see what you don't have, yeah. and you can't notice what you've been given before. Mm-hmm. So I remember, I was so upset with him because I just couldn't. Because you know, we love our our kids and we want them to be grateful mm. so that they can build. You know, godly character, and they could become worshippers. But it was like this one day; it was like so difficult. So I remember I said, "You know what? Don't come out of your room until you write down everything that mom and dad has done for you." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, basically, I gave him an assignment. Yeah, I gave him homework. <laughs> yeah, I said, "You know, I want you to write down every vacation you've been on. I want you to write down every experience you had on that you couldn't do on your own." Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "Fine," and I was like, "Oh!" And then you know, and then um, he came out of the room, and he he actually told me, he "Was like, Mom, you're right. You know what? I wrote like 50 things down. Oh, I'm so spoiled." <laughs> oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So he realized when he actually wrote it down. Uh. So reflection doesn't have to be so um, poetic. Yeah. I think that's what people think. Like, oh, I have to be reflective. Oh man, why can't I have words to? Put my thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. on paper, or like, why can't I say it nicely, or why can't I be um, eloquent when I tell my friends, mm-hmm. you know? And that could be a little bit of a discouragement people yeah. might go through. But hey, if you don't have eloquent words, if you're not poetic and you're a horrible writer, you can reflect in other ways. Yeah. You can make a list right. of all the things that you've received, mm-hmm. you know. Start with one year. Start six months, one mm-hmm. year. All all the things that um, your you know people have come through for you. Yeah. Um, count your blessings, right? And all the things that God has done. So when you make a list, it's always you're always bound to be surprised by joy. Yeah. Because we tend to forget unless we sit down and actually make a list or reflect mm-hmm. one way or another. Yeah. So. You know, even when you share that story about Nathan, it, I guess, the 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 feeling that I had at the moment was even still for me like gratefulness for my own parents because, you know, I think like hearing someone talk about or like hearing someone's experience with like understanding like how grateful for they are for what they've been given is just it's just very visceral because when I think back and i think like one thing i'm picking up from this conversation is that like it requires a process of like almost slowing down and mm-hmm. like really either talking about it or like thinking or like having a self-talk about like okay like how is this like how did this happen or like why did this happen or like what's going on here and you know like well how did i get to this point this is what kind of brings us to a place where we think back to like where we were and um you know, start from the beginning again. And I think, like, because when I was Nathan's age or, like, kind of, I'm, dep- I'm thinking about, like, an age you're mm-hmm. describing. But, like, you know, I, I I definitely took my parents for granted and, like, all the things they tried to do for us. And it's only in hindsight that I'm thinking, like, wow, they, like, m- my parents did a lot or tried to do a lot for us. And, you know, if if it wasn't for something that can kind of spark that memory for me, I, I would totally miss it you know and it's like and i think that's what i what i kind of also mean by like i was taught this like Mm. it takes 
to see someone think about like oh like i'm very grateful for this these things because these these reasons Mm -hmm. and then you're like oh i i also have those things um how did that happen for me Mm-hmm. you know and i think like you're, you're right like it can definitely be taught it doesn't have to be like eloquent or you know like like a like a book on mm-hmm. you know something it doesn't have grandiose. to be well written yeah yeah or edited right yeah yeah i think also writing down answered prayer because i think that's like a big one because you know people ask for prayer easily mm. or request you know prayer but when prayer is answered, it almost becomes like, oh, it was meant to mm. be. And I've seen that a lot in my years of ministry. Like, you know, people are so desperate to ask for prayer. Mm-hmm. And then when God answers um, like an acceptance or, you know, or whatever it is, people are like, yeah, but is that really God? Mm. It, really? Did God really answer my prayer and he often gets um not even forgotten but like completely erased from people's narratives Mm -hmm. and not to say like well this shouldn't be but i think even that i think writing down the things you're asking god for um and writing down the answers you receive over time um, helps us connect the dots mm-hmm. of the things that we did ask the Lord about and give credit to where credit is due. Um, instead of just trying to calculate and break down, well, I did this, I did this, so mm-hmm. it kind of lined up for me in this way. Yep, yeah, God does not negate the things that we do, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't, um, He's not opposed to effort, right? Mm-hmm. But we shouldn't be in a place where we erase because it just makes sense naturally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I see that often. And I think we often miss out when we forget or when we erase God from the story, our story and the blessing. We miss out on really um, seeing who God truly is and how much he cares. Yeah, Because... God answers prayer, you know? Right. It's not just a nice thing. Yeah. God definitely answers prayer. So, yeah, even in that, because I think some people feel a little bit more, um, I don't want to use the word dense, but like people would say, I'm a little dense in the spiritual, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think that's also why we have community to remind us, hey, remember we prayed for that together yeah. and to reflect together. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I guess that's the other point, you know, there's a prayer list that you could also make a list of, but also um, reflecting not alone, but having friends that are like historians who Mm -hmm. just don't leave you alone about how you got what you got, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think there's so many different ways to reflect. Mm -hmm. Um, it helps to have reflective friends, mm. you know, reflective community where it's not always about, yo, let's do this, let's do that, let's go do that, let's, you know, have fun here. But but it's great. But if you don't, maybe creating a culture where you can talk about the deeper things mm-hmm. and reflect together yeah. and worship together. And, and also, if your friends are not Christian 
And if you're not Christian, hearing others' reflection is also encouraging to know about who God is, mm -hmm. you know, and how God is working through community. And, you know, so, yeah, I think there's so many various ways we could go about reflection. Yeah, I think I think you bring up an interesting point because I, when I was talking about this, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, why are humans conditioned in this way? Like, why mm -hmm. do we feel like... Always, like we're always thinking about what's next and i think like when you mentioned culture it kind of like clicked for me a bit where it's like oh when i when i see friends that i haven't seen for a long time or that you know i've lost contact with it, it's always like oh what are you up to like what what's next like what are, what are you doing right it's it's never really like oh do you remember that or do you do you remember right it's like mm -hmm. our culture also kind of ingrains in us like oh what's next kind of mentality right mm -hmm. and, and i guess that's like kind of seeing it from a biblical perspective it seems like it's it's always kind of like what's next what's next what's next because i'm thinking like w one of the few themes in the old testament is how like the nation of israel always forgets mm -hmm. that god pulled through for them right and it's mm -hmm. kind of like a prophet comes along and always says like, hey remember mm -hmm. like this happened R remember mm -hmm. when you were saved and then they're always like ah yeah but what's next like what's mm -hmm. what, what's god gonna do next like what's mm -hmm. god gonna do like what's been god up to for us these days right mm -hmm. and it, it it just and like i'm wondering is that like an attitude of our heart like is that reflective of who we are yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> i guess it's like a no-brainer <laughs> it is why christ is our savior yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah for sure it is just how we are yeah and that's it shows that's where our sin is right mm. we can be so blessed and we could be we could have so much but we forget mm. you know and it's not just a 20 21st century thing but it happened long long time ago mm, right. with um not much no internet no instagram none of that stuff so it's just human nature to forget and god is gracious to send profits for them and for us a community yeah and you know even sunday service is a why we worship is once a week to come together and be reminded that we serve and worship a living god mm -hmm. a good father a great great god you know so yeah even that collective pause together why it's sacred is because we're able to do those things together and it really makes a difference mm -hmm. You know, it's not just, oh, that was great. You know, that was great for me. But yeah, we get the joy. But when we worship God, he gets the glory. Mm -hmm. So, hey, and there's another way, right? Yeah. And why, how we can collectively um, reflect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's why Sunday service, it's like we sit down, we worship, we sit down, we rise, we sit down, mm -hmm. you know, that whole thing that Sam's been um, talking about. And jokes about in the message it wouldn't make sense apart from christ mm -hmm. is that is because we are esteeming and honoring somebody that's not us someone who's been working mm -hmm. um, behind the scenes for us um god who has been um loving us and who has been there all along when we didn't even um realize it when we didn't even connect the dots so yeah. honoring god together like that is that's why it's so special to show up to sunday service yeah. too right. it's a reflective time yeah and that's that's also like why we establish these like altars right. right to remember these significant moments that god pulled through for us also yeah okay. yeah you know um there's so many beautiful altars that people have i remember um 
you know, I guess like souvenirs is like one of those things, mm. but you know, but it's more than that, right? Like to go back to what altars is, um, in the Old Testament, people when they met wherever they met with God, they would build an altar and worship Him. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't really go around and build altars where we go, <laughs> so. Um, something we adapted is that we would um, commemorate by, um, you know, and that's another creative way, you know, everyone does it very differently, but to make an altar by, what are some examples, like? Like Instagram posts, I remember we did a Oh yeah, we did a whole thing on on Instagram, right. Um, Pictures. Pictures. Mm There's so many different ways to create an altar so that we can remember. God does not forget, mm. but so that we can remember what God has done, right? right? And I remember, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's definitely another way mm. we can reflect and worship God. Yeah. Um, I, I guess this is a little bit, kind of an irrational fear that i have Mm. um but i'm always scared to forget i don't know if that Mm. makes sense you know because one of the things that i've noticed in like my my faith and my spiritual walk is that i I might always feel like i don't ever want to be ungrateful so i don't Mm -hmm. ever want to forget and so i don't like ever want to um because I don't ever, like, I don't want to be ungrateful for the life I've been given. But I, I catch myself at times, like, kind of thinking, woe is me, or, like, oh, like, these circumstances are not that great, and such like that. And I guess those are very normal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I do th- I do feel like because, like, it's those times that I remember who God is, and, like, what mm-hmm. God has done. And that's that's when I really feel like there's worship that, you know, comes comes out of me. Um, and in those moments where, where I may not feel as strongly, I'm like, oh, oh, oh man, am I forgetting? Is that, mm. is that like an irrational way of thinking? Is that like, um, am I being too paranoid about that? Um, yeah, well, because I think we, it's not that we are better off if we never forget. Mm-hmm. I think we are better off that there's a redemption of turning to God to reflect, to worship him. Mm. You know, there's always a returning process, right? I see. So, yeah. I think I just assume that I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I don't know, maybe it's like taking it too easy, but like I take it easy and <laughs> I go, you know what? I know why I need a savior. Uh. And I just assume that I forget. Uh. So, and that I need reminders. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, there are times I'm reminded of things where I'm almost like embarrassed of, mm. oh my gosh, how did I forget that? Or like I'll be reading a card, yeah. you know, that I got years back, and I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I forget that moment? How did I forget, um, you know, mm. that memory of with this person, or you know, like, because you know, the thing is, we're all human beings, and we tend to lose heart. Yeah, you know, we tend to forget. We tend to lose heart. Um, we get hurt. We feel forgotten sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Sam mentioned how I turned 40 and, you know, the church was given a great idea. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I say that because it wasn't like everyone was like, I'm sure 
people were thinking, oh, sh- should I write a card? Should I not write a mm-hmm. card? But someone organized it. And yeah, people wrote me cards and I told people, but um, I cried and laughed in one sitting. Yeah. But yeah, but those cards were so special to me because I was reading these cards and I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. Like, I didn't know that this person thought that. Yeah towards me or about me and Mm. i would cry or you know some of the people that i've known for a long time it was you know it it might be like the 10th card i received over the years right uh, but i read a line and it was so powerful because of the history of relationship that really hit me that i literally started i was so embarrassed because like sam was just like watching me read them And then I was like, oh, I'm crying again. And then I would like literally just cry because I was just so thankful. Mm. Because even the close relationships, people so close to your heart, to my heart, you forget, Mm. you know? So I think receiving those cards was very, very nice. And Mm. and honestly, oftentimes I saved them for years because Mm. I realized that I have this problem of forgetting yeah and those cards are really nice to return to (laughs) yes it's really nice to return to yeah i have a few cards myself (laughs) yeah just a little secret (laughs) so yeah i think it's like assuming that we forget and that we need a savior Mm. because of that reason Mm. is you know yeah i think that's a pretty big relief for me because i i don't know i guess um yeah i think i'm I'm not saying I, like, don't appreciate things or, like, I I want to be... Or, like, I'm trying to be rigorously so appreciative of things that I need to, like, <laughs> never, like, forget mm-hmm. anything. But, you know, I think there there's, like, a process in which, you know, the constant returning to is much more important than, like, you know, carrying your altar with you wherever you go, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, like, I think it, it's supposed to be... I'm not really sure the best way to describe this, but it it almost seems like the best way for us to, for me to even like grow a depth for something that has happened is like when I return back to it after a a while and I'm thinking, oh my, oh my gosh, I can't believe, I remember it. Like, I can't believe that happened. Mm. I remember what that was like. And then it's like, there's like a deep, like a deeper fondness for Mm -hmm. it than like me, you know, like, like stapling like remember this (laughs) forever for the rest of your life yeah like a law yeah there's like a really great appreciation Mm -hmm. for it i think yeah it's almost like a practice of grace Mm -hmm. and not like legalistic yeah way of checking off like why were you not grateful yeah right yeah for sure yeah and then you know i think i think so I have a lot. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Clearly, because you know, I was I was thinking because I felt when I was sitting there during the sermon, I I almost felt like I was kind of caught oh. a little bit because I'm not saying I'm I d- I don't want to be discontent with my life. Oh. You know, I never I never really want to, but it almost feels like you can't help it because mm-hmm. like whatever life throws at you or whatever your circumstances might be or you know, I have like a couple exams coming up. So it's kind of like, oh, you know, I just can't wait till this is over. Or like, I'm just moving on to the next thing. Um, And it wasn't until like I sat there and listened to the sermon because, you know, even like 
being at church service every week i could almost take it for granted like to be honest because mm-hmm. it's like a routine right or like it's like regular mm-hmm. um even though it's not you know because like after i walk out i'm like oh that was great mm-hmm. um but you know like the mindset going in just goes to show like my hum- like my character is like a human being you know i'm kind of mm-hmm. kind of going there taking things for granted like taking the opportunities i have for granted my relationships for granted even because you know i i feel like there was there was like some kind of thing that was telling me like oh, it's like it's not it's not good enough or mm. um you know i wonder what's over like the next hill or over the next hump right um and it was not until after dr sammy preached it's like one thing that really stood out to me and that kind of scared me was like you know sometimes it's too late to mm. to to express your gratitude mm-hmm. you know you might miss it and you know i just celebrated my grandma's birthday and she's mm. like old like mm. 80 something 86 or mm. something like that you know and i know like there's like limited time and so in my head i know that it's like i i have to do like more stuff with my family or like more things with my family because like i'm going to regret it if i don't mm-hmm. right and but at the same time I'm like I, i'm like i'm like thinking about it like it's a job like i have to do these mm-hmm. things and it wasn't until i think i sat there sunday after the fact like i after i I celebrated my grandma's birthday i was like wow um my grandma has done so much for me Mm. over the years like where would i be without her or like i don't spend enough time with my family like there's not going to be enough moments for me to say like i love you or you know like i those those words like hardly even come out because like every day is just like in and out in and out Mm. you know and that that did kind of scare me a little bit because i was like what if I never get to express what I want to express and it's too late. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I, I guess that's where I kind of had that like paranoia and that fear that came out. Mm-hmm. Cause I was just kind of like, Oh, like, there's so many things I am grateful for. I don't want people to think I'm ungrateful or like, I don't want to be ungrateful for those things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you felt like a sense of like, um, catching up like yeah, that. Like, you have to catch up so much yeah, like, when urgency. you realized it, mm. right. you know, cause I'm just like, I'm not ungrateful, you know, I just think I forgot, like, that, that was kind of like thing, and, um, and I think that not, and, like, talking it through with you, it, it kind of shows, like, that's normal, like, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not, like, bad to forget, it's mm-hmm. just, I think me coming to this realization just kind of goes to show just how much I do deeply appreciate everything that has happened in my life, and now I want to, do more Mm -hmm. like i want to catch up like i want to celebrate more things or like i want to spend more time with my family because you know like i I love them right and Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of like a similar thing that when it comes to like we see how much god has done for us or how much you know god loves us or how much god has given us it's kind of like oh my god like how could i have forgotten Mm -hmm. all those things you know and and I wonder, you know, if if there's like, like, how can we, how can we like, I mean, I guess you kind of have to forget in order to like remember, but like, you know, how do we live a life of gratefulness? Or like, what do, what does it mean to, you know, be someone that is like grateful? Mm. You know, like Sam often quotes Stephen King about the things unsaid. Hmm. Um that it's usually the things unsaid that is, I'm going to butcher it, Mm -hmm. but that is most um, important 
to a relationship, but often goes unsaid. So you kind of end up missing out on the、mm-hmm. depth of a relationship, right? And I'm paraphrasing, totally <laughs> translating it, but、um, I think intentionality goes a long way. You know, I think when we start realizing that we are grateful. I can see that it could almost go in the other swing of the pendulum to feel like overwhelmed、mm. by time lost, because it gratefulness is such a powerful、um, feeling as well as a reality, right? That、yeah. you you experience. So when that happens, I think instead of、um, I think it could also go into. I think I don't know. I don't know if it's like. You could tell me, Joe, but like、mm-hmm. it could almost go into its own despair. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I could. De- I could definitely see that. Yeah. So,、uh, again, in that all other extreme, we could lose perspective of、mm-hmm. what it's really about, and I think that's really where the intentionality of worship and gratitude anchors us, because if. Left to what we can experience more.、Mm-hmm. Again, it's really about more, right?、Yeah. That word "more" always gets us, whether it's with things we want more of, or experiences we want more of, or time we want more of.、Um, but when we are able to come to a place of realization, just like the guy, the Samaritan guy. And we turn to God for the things that we have received,、mm-hmm. and we thank the people. Just even a simple thank you, because I think we always want to do like so much that it almost feels overwhelming. Yeah. But to start with worship, to start with,、um, you know, things unsaid.、Mm. There are a lot of things unsaid to God. Yeah. I think people just don't. You know, Sam mentioned it in the message. He said, he he said something along the lines of, "Some people don't know that it would even matter if they said something." Yeah, and often that's why things go unsaid.、Mm. Um, whether it's appreciation or love or you know a caring thought or a、mm-hmm. prayer, like people don't know if they, what they have to offer matters. Yeah, but I think that's the invitation to worship and for into gratefulness is that. And he said, "We have the power of life in us.、Mm-hmm. We have the life of God in us. We have something to offer, and that's why worship is something we offer to God, not because He needs it, but because we could. Yeah. And gratitude is something we can offer to others,、mm-hmm. not because of any other reason, but because we could. We could contribute that. We could lay that down for someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think there's a tangibility."、Um, And intentionality that we often miss, and we end up going from left to right, left to right.、Mm. I'm not grateful. Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. Oh my god, what have I done? And the focus often becomes about me missing out, and、yeah. then it becomes a cycle of more once again. Yeah, I should、oh, do this more. Yeah, yeah, it becomes a trap. But the call to grace is that we stop,、mm. and we pause, and we return thanks to God. And、mm-hmm. we pause and stop, and we give thanks to the people that have have helped us along the way.、Mm-hmm. So I think it has a way of anchoring us,、yeah. and that's why as believers,、um, you know, Sam talked about temperature of our worship is determined by our gratitude. Yeah,、um, for sure, it is. Im- 
it is impossible, I think, to live out the Christian life without returning to God for who He truly is. Yeah. Because I think if we continue to forget because we don't return to worship, not because we continue to forget because we tend to forget, you know, but because we don't return to worship, mm-hmm. which is an act of um, discipline of grace of worship, then it is like apathy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, apathy has a way and indifference has a way of just through the law of attrition, I guess you just forget and yeah. it disappears and it's um, erased. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like the cycle that is broken when worship returns to our core mm-hmm. and gratitude returns to our core. Yeah. You know? Right. And that's why we, we have these intentional altars and we have intentional, you know, yeah. All sorts of things. It takes a little work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing. We also feel like it should come so naturally. That reflection should come naturally. Yeah. That gratitude, worship should come naturally. And that if it, if they don't, that we're not sincere because it came from a place where we had to work at it. But God's not opposed to us working at it. Mm-hmm. Just because we have to work at it to reflect, to remember, it does not negate the sincerity of worship. Mm-hmm. You know, so that intentionality, I think, is key. But I think often people chuck it because it feels almost, um, I don't know, made up. But I don't think so. Mm. I, I often write things down throughout the week so that I can remember Mm -hmm. because I know that I, I could have a thought of worship to God. But it could be a reflective thought. So like, let me, to clarify, let's say I'm cooking, right? Or I'm doing something around the house, right? Mm-hmm. With my kids. And I have a moment of joy and I'm so grateful that I'm like, ah, oh, you have those aha moments. Yeah. That could just be an aha moment and it mm-hmm. could pass. But I think what God is calling us is to bring that moment of joy and return it to the altar for worship. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, you know, it's silly to put it this way, but it's like a few extra miles or a few steps so mm-hmm. that it comes to the altar of God. Yeah. And I think that's the part we are forgetting. Yeah. It's not that, you know, I wonder like these nine people, is it that they forgot who healed them not really i'm sure they remember how could they forget but it's the fact that they didn't return to give god worship like or to thank jesus right but i think that's the thing we could have aha moments and we could have dozens of them throughout the day but if we don't bring that back Mm -hmm. to god for the joy of um knowing him for the joy of um salvation for the joy of um the lord taking care of us I think that's where the disconnect happens. Yeah. Of gratitude, you know? Yeah, I could totally see that. Of gratitude, yeah. Yeah, because like, there's, there's so many times that I would have a revelation or an epiphany, and I'm sure many people do, and it's kind of like, oh, I'll remember that, mm. and then you don't. Yeah, right? like, you like, don't. Yeah, it always yeah. happens, because I'll, I'll be, cause sometimes I'll be walking, and I think I'm a pretty funny guy, so I'd be <laughs> like, oh, that's a great joke, I'll remember that, and mm. it's gone, like, forever, right? Like, I just can't remember that again, and it's like, writing and stopping and like 
collecting those thoughts and putting it on something is, is such a powerful practice because that allows you to come back to it like it like kind of forces you to right and i think that's why like practicing journaling is like a way to be reflective and to really pause and reflect and think about what god has done and what god is doing what god is speaking to you about right like these are all ways in which we can like freeze that epiphany and revelation and, like bring meaning to it or like really expound on that meaning yes so, and and to not stop at the reflection but to offer the worship mm, to god yeah and to not stop at the reflection of gratitude, but to actually thank the people around us. Mm -hmm. You know, like Sam told that story about coffee every morning, right? Yeah. When he's able to get coffee in the morning, um, I give him coffee and I, it's a true story. It makes my day when he says, thank you, honey. Uh -huh. And I'm like, so happy about that, right? But then on some days, like, he won't say thank you. It's not that it ruins my day, but it definitely affects me in a way because it's powerful. The words thank you mm -hmm. to somebody or um, thank you to God. These words are powerful. Like they're life-giving words. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's almost like we miss out on life when we don't um express gratitude mm -hmm. to god or to others yeah yeah there's a definitely something to gratefulness that's like very attractive i mean there's like numerous ted talks about how gratefulness is like m much more important than like wealth or like circumstances or success and such like that and i i think like you know i'd be lying if i were saying like i don't want more things or like mm -hmm. you know because I, I can fool myself into thinking like oh i'm content with what i already have but that's that's technically not really true because like you know as humans i think we we're like kind of built to want more things or like to continue to try and get more things or like move up ranks or like acquire more stuff um but you know i think like like i i want to want more gratefulness you know like i think i that's something I do want, like I desire to have gratitude and gratefulness because I think it just does give you an appreciation for like everything you have. Like, you know, I think like Dr. Sammy talked about how like how we, we really do have like first world problems, mm -hmm. um, you know, like no matter where you might work in New York City or wherever you are in like a majority of the first world. You know, you're still like a 1% top mm -hmm. earner globally, right? Globally, and it's like kind right. of like we don't really see just how much we have because it seems like everybody else has like the same things we have or like it's just not enough. But like that's that's so that is kind of like delusional to think that, you know, we don't have enough. And like I think gratitude does provide sight for the things that we just often miss throughout our day or throughout our lives, you know, that we can't really see. Like I think... What kind of struck me about that was like, you know, I I took out like like a big loan to go to school and such like that. And I could feel like I'm in like so much debt or something mm -hmm. like that, right? Like I could feel that kind of pressure and burden. But when I stop and think about it, like if I really felt that pressure, I probably shouldn't be spending $30 on food and <laughs> like, you know, mm -hmm. buying, you know, like gifts for people or like, you know, sweatpants. I recently bought sweatpants because I had a hole in one of them. Um, you know, like, it, it's just, like, <laughs> okay. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, like, that, I, like, I, like, have enough, you know, and I think, like, that it's often overlooked that 
how much we've been given and how much we have and like how much we have already have you know and like it's it it can feel like never enough but i think like creating a mentality or like an attitude or a spirit of gratefulness just goes to show like just oh you like it's it's like i do have more than i need or i do have more than enough right yeah. yeah. Well, I think God's not opposed to giving us more. Yeah. 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 I think, but gratefulness um, makes us better stewards. Right. Right. For sure. For whatever we've been given, it's how we steward and how we live with the things mm-hmm. that, you know, God's blessed us with. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, at the end of the day, I think that's kind of like um, the epiphany of this generation is that we realize we don't need that much. Mm. And there's this whole minimalistic movement and all of that. And you're happier, um, better off if you have less. Mm -hmm. And there's the whole uncluttering, decluttering, all that stuff. So it's not, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's not that we need more things per se. Mm -hmm. It's just that we don't realize how much we have. And so I guess blessed are those who realize how much they actually have, right? Mm -hmm. We're blessed to be able to count your blessings. Mm. So, yeah. You know, starting to be grateful for the small things and reflecting on even deeper things. I think gratitude also grows. Mm. And that's how worship also grows. Worship grows from what you realize in the moment just a little bit giving God credit for something that you can't deny and that growing to greater worship because you realize at the end of your day or at the end of your life realizing, wow, everything good that I had, God gave it to me. Yeah. So even worship grows that way, hmm. you know? That is a powerful realization. Um, can, I, can I ask you if like, like a recent time you felt that way? That you where like, i felt like you know god is because like there's there's many moments i feel that way and i think that just kind of comes in waves mm. because like I, I always i often get like drowned in all the stuff that i have to do or like i i'm pretty one track minded so like i'm always like do 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 like mm. i just kind of go like a lot of do mm-hmm. do um and so like when i do take a step back from stuff right it, those are the times i i feel like waves of like wow, I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe I have this awesome opportunity. I can't believe I have such amazing friends. I can't believe that God has given me all these things. You know, it's like kind of comes like in Mm. this sudden appreciation and worship for like, oh my gosh, like God, I I don't deserve this life almost. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because that that happens to me pretty often. So I was just wondering if that happens Mm. to you. Well, I guess I could share about this. So I recently turned 40 and six months going into 40, I had a lot of thoughts and questions about meaning. And Mm. just um, in the beginning, I intended on it. So it was like reflection journey began. Mm. But once I started and I really invited the spirit to really help me through, like the questions of meaning and, you know, how how did I live my life to... um, what kind of life do I want to live in my second half? Cause mm. it's literally in my second half yeah. um, of life. And so I had some time to think about all of that. And, you know, one of the things that I was thinking through was, do I want a life 
of influence. You know, I think as a leader, there's always um, this question, am I influential enough? Mm. Meaning, you know, am I making an impact? Like, am I making a difference, mm. right? These are the questions that I was asking. And also there's Instagram, right? It's like, if you're an impactful leader, you have a lot of Instagram followers. Mm -hmm. You know, you get a verification because it's recognized what you do. Well, I don't have any of those things, mm -hmm. right? So I was like, God, does is this a, does this determine my the meaning of my life? Mm -hmm. Am I missing something somewhere or am I not? And I share this because I don't think it's just a 40-year-old concern, but I think I have a feeling a lot of younger people also struggle with this mm. you know based on the follower following or followers or i think also people are asking the question of meaning so early on now you know mm. also um explains like the suicide starting at such an early age too because there's a loss of meaning yeah or catching up in college and realizing what's the meaning of life and mm. people getting into all sorts of great schools and feeling bleak in life and you know, there's so many causes of depression, all this stuff. So mm -hmm. I know I'm not just speaking for my 40-year-old going into the 40th year, but those are things that I was thinking about. And I had a moment where, I mean, it was a long process, right? But I guess to make it brief, I had a moment where I was like thinking, what does Christ expect from me? Hmm. And I was really asking like biblically, not like new revelation or anything. Revelation in the sense that I needed to know mm. that this was appropriate for me in the proper time. But I was really asking and I remember um, having a conversation with Sam and I said, honey, like, you know, do you think I'm living the life that I'm supposed to live? Do you think that I'm representing christ to the best of my ability and everything everything that i've been given because i feel like i don't have the influence that a lot of people have per se yeah and i don't have the following and does this determine anything you know and so i was really asking the question should i be content with this or not mm. and i remember talking with sam and and um, I remember Sam reminding me, like, you know, honey, the definition of Christ leadership is not like a CEO influence, mm -hmm. um, influential leadership as many uh, many people describe it as, like, impact. Oh, how many people are you speaking to? Oh, it's not about that. It's not about how many people follow you. Mm -hmm. um, but it's about serving. Like, Christ leadership def definition of christ leadership biblical biblically is that he was a servant hmm. and when he reminded me of that i mean i knew that but like when he reminded me of that in this culture i think i felt such a relief yeah like i could give my life to that i felt hmm. oh I felt like i could give my life to that hmm. i could give the second half of my life to serve others, to love others. And then I realized as I was recommitting my life to that servanthood, I realized I am 
living this life. And mm. I felt so grateful. Yeah. I felt so grateful that I am living this life in relationship with so many people in our church. I mean, yeah, I know like the church is growing so much like I don't recognize many faces anymore. But oh. <laughs> but um to realize I get to live this life because of Christ. Mm. And for me it was such a I don't know, uh, such, not an epiphany, but a realization of God's grace in my life, his direction in my life. And I remember saying to him, I I think we're on our way. This was like conversation over a period of time. So Mm. I remember I was like, you know, honey, I'm 40 now. And I honestly could say i couldn't say this six months ago because i was very confused about what the expectation for me was but i am at a place where not that i've done so significant you know significantly a lot that Mm -hmm. i could say this but even if i were to die Mm -hmm. i'm totally okay with that i'm and then and and then you know you know sam is he always gives perspective and all times and it's like (laughs) so enlightening he was like oh it's because you're content and i was like is that what it means and he's like yeah it's because you're content that's why you're able to say that the life i've lived um i'm happy with that Mm -hmm. you know or something along those those lines in his eloquent way you know and then i was like yeah i'm content i'm Mm -hmm. i'm I'm so content and yeah so like this burden kind of just left me of what kind of leader i should be Mm -hmm. Because I realize all Christ expects of me is to serve, you know? So yeah. I felt so content after that. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, that was my recent experience, but I, I felt so content. Like mm-hmm. I, I felt I had wings mm-hmm. <laughs> for the second half of my life. Yeah. yeah. And I felt so grateful to God um for the life i get to live Mm -hmm. and the people i get to live with i felt so happy that um that i have these people that you know so many people that want to serve the lord um that love the lord that want to know who christ is like what a great life Mm -hmm. and then um yeah it made me think about like how i live in general and you know i would say even like i didn't want to buy anything anymore Mm. i thought that was very interesting like i didn't really want to buy anything i remember there were times like you know i think everyone makes makes purchases at one one time or another because you think you need something and you feel like you're not really thinking it in the moment but you feel like this will make bring my life to a better start or better step right Mm -hmm. i think people make purchases like that but i'm not opposed to people buying stuff but it's just like for me i was like um because i felt so content i didn't need anything Mm -hmm. you know like psalm 23 says the lord is my shepherd i in in him i have everything i need i felt that Mm -hmm. because i knew who was leading my life i knew um he was shepherding me he was teaching me um I felt like I didn't need anything because yeah. I had him. You know what I mean? Mm. So, 
Yeah. And I think that, you know, worship is not just uttering the words of thankfulness in a song. Mm. Worship is really offering your life as a living sacrifice. And that becomes the actual spiritual act of worship, the Bible says. And it was like, not just my words, but being able to offer my life mm. again. Yeah. That became my worship. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I was thankful for this dog. I was thankful for my kids. I mm -hmm. was thankful for the people. <laughs> you know, I... So, yeah. I I guess that's a, an example I could share with you. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> um, well, when you started your story, I was just kind of like, yeah, of course you were doing that. <laughs> But, you know, I think, um, yeah, I don't know, that's, that's incredible. I mean, because, like, I want to also feel that way about my life, you know. And I think a lot of people do. And I think, like, um, that's why I try to live my life in the ways that I can, that models after yours and after Dr. Sammy's. Um, after Christ. After Christ, yeah. Yes, after Christ. <laughs> um but yeah, I think like I want to have that same like level of not level, but you know that same depth of worship. You know, like just knowing how how much I have and how much I've been given. Um, and I think it really does show that you are living that life for Christ because of you know like you got so many deep, heartfelt letters from people, and you know a lot of people love and appreciate you. And, you know, I think your impact is just much, is like much more tangible than someone on Instagram, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 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 You know, I think what's liberating and what filled my worship was in a time where all these things are expected, almost like in a very, um, you know, it's like there's a self-expectation of quantifying something, right? Like, I think, or even expectation to quantify something, mm -hmm. right? To quantify impact, right? But to realize that all Christ requires of us is to follow Him and to serve Him and to serve others. I was, it, it was like so liberating. Yeah. You know, it was like finding that first love of Christ when you realized I come with nothing, Jesus, and he received me as I was, mm -hmm. you know, and in my second half of life, realizing that again, I mean, of course we realize that, but it's like very symbolic to enter in, you know, yeah. and to realize, Christ, all the things that I feel um, is expected of me as a leader, as a female leader, as a Christian, as you know, all sorts of labels that come with, you know, mm -hmm. that's why I leave my bio empty. <laughs> How could I really describe, you know, but um, yeah, it's overburdening sometimes, overwhelming, but to know that all Christ really requires of us is to love him and to love others mm -hmm. and to serve others as we love ourselves. It was so liberating and to be able to live that life mm -hmm. in this like ever-changing culture was amazing you yeah. know and to realize that 
you know. So, I mean, I did start a blog, right? Mm -hmm. It's called Our Greenish Table. Actually, it's like under my name, but it's really mm. called like titled Our Greenish Table because it was an altar of so much happened on this green table for us as a family and for others joining around this table that it literally became a altar became an altar for worship. Mm. So I write posts about that, you know, what I put on the table, how I share food with the people, and also my reflection and reflections in the everyday things hmm. you know because you have moments on stage you have moments in front of people you have moments of you know preparing to say things or to sing things in front of people to perform all sorts of things right yeah. but there's also everyday life things that happen and i think it's in those moments people are asking does this really matter is there a meaning here <coughs> so it became a blog of my reflection of those mundane everyday things, mm. how I wanted to share with others. And it's like, I guess and it's an invitation to mm -hmm. worship with people and to reflect together yeah. to become a community of reflection. Mm -hmm. So yeah, now that I think about it, like I guess it's like a um, full circle yeah, with the message and everything, but mm. yeah. <clears throat> All right. I mean, it's just pretty clear to me that you do live like a very deeply reflective life, um, whether it's like when I'm looking at your Instagram posts and, you know, just, you know, I, I feel like there's a zest for life and like a love for life that can only really come from deep gratitude for it, you know? Um, yeah, I'm very grateful. Yeah. <laughs> You you are <laughs> like it, like I could like you know I can't say I'm a grateful person because yeah. I can grow up. I'm very grateful. Yeah. For, for everything. Mm, yeah. Well, I think that's powerful though, because you know there's like there's a lot of I think there there's just there's just so many things that we can complain about, right? Or like I can complain about, and I'm sure you know that's not abnormal for people, but you know to really to see someone re enjoy their life and like really love the life they've been given and get to live you know and I, when i was writing about that um this morning actually i was just kind of like i always say like i wouldn't trade my life for another and i if i died right now it'd be it'd be fine like not fine but like you know i'd, I'd be okay mm -hmm. also um to, to really deeply feel that like to not want to trade away this this like this life this experience is like everything that i've been blessed with is is not you know it's not from me like it's mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with me and i i think that's just kind of like such a humbling thing and mm -hmm. just kind of like i don't deserve it there's no way i can give this back really and like mm -hmm. i have all this stuff and just kind of like how how did this happen or why did this happen and it always really comes back to like you know, it's because God loves me and I, I can't really understand why I get to do the things I do or why I've been so blessed with things, but it just always comes back to God. And I think like, I, I don't want to forget that, you know, I don't think, you know, anybody that really like, I think resonates with that and also like, I guess identifies with that. I think that's like also like, 
something that we want to continue to reflect on and think about in our lives because you know i think it all it only helps that i get to see it in other people and like it must be that their experience is what i'm experiencing and it comes from the same place it comes from god and that's that's such an amazing thing and i think i I would the great thing about i think this message and for this series is that this this invitation is not just for us or like for those who are already experiencing it it's it's really you know us trying to tell people like hey you can also you can also experience this and you can also love the life you've been given and there's oh there's a god there is god out there that wants to show you these these very things that it's not exclusive to us it's not like that at all it's like like if we're gonna talk about this table like it's a, any anybody's welcome to sit in this like empty seat that's just right here you know yeah it's an invitation to all and i love how sam said that even for seekers to connect to recognize, I think, you know, seekers recognize that there is a hand at work, but cannot really put a face to it or a name to it. And there's that process of recognizing that it's God. And he talked about C.S. Lewis mm. also calling it a spirit, not knowing that it was actually the spirit of God at the time and um, coming to that full circle of realization. But um, I think... Yeah, it is an invitation to all to recognize that hand, that that hand that you may not know quite yet who he is, but to be able to even reflect on the experiences of how you knew that God was there mm. um, is really important as well. As a matter of fact, you know, we had a, you know, now she's a sister in Christ. One year, um, we had a sister who came to Christ. Um, we're celebrating her one year today, actually. And bef- oh, today? yeah, oh, wow. and before she came to Christ, as she was seeking, I remember she was also um, making a list of how God met her in different times, mm-hmm. and coming to a place where she realized, okay, God. I, I accept what you have done for me. And he she accepted Christ mm-hmm. into our life. So there, there is reflection that is outside of Christian worship. There's reflection outside of Christian worship where you are able to connect and come be in a process of recognizing and seeking who that is. Mm-hmm. Whether it's been a whisper or um, how you felt his love. Um, you know, so connecting that I think is also important and is how people get closer to the process of finding him. Yeah, it's like recognizing those fingerprints. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and I think you bring up a good point that it was it's very humbling what, to be grateful. Hmm. Is Yeah, it's not a- at all a bragging of character to say, I, I feel grateful because... Gratefulness comes with realizing that there is a there is a someone else behind the things that are in your life. It's attributing to someone else other than yourself mm. is what gratitude is. And yeah, when when you and I, I believe when we say I feel so grateful, 
It is not to tap ourselves on our shoulder and say, "Oh, you're a grateful person." Mm. No, I am not a grateful person. Yeah, but I'm it is not a grateful person. <laughs> yeah, but it's humbling because when you are able to be grateful about something because God showed you something or someone in your life reminded you of something that God has done, you're humbled because you're like, "Oh, that's right. It is so much that God is so much bigger than me. Yet yeah. He reached out to me." Mm-hmm. His love is so vast, and he personally cares for me. You know, yeah. So it is very humbling. Yeah, definitely. Cause uh, I complain a lot, supposedly. So I did too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, what really snaps me out of it is like reflecting and thinking about just how, like, just like how wild this life is, and just how. how much bigger this life is than just whatever i whatever machina- or whatever thoughts i have about how my life should be like it's it's out of my control and it's beyond like my furthest imagination and that's that has nothing to do with like me and that's that makes me like not only feel so small but like also very big in the sense that it's just like wow like no matter <laughs> even even no matter how terrible i am i just can't shake the fact that i I've been given much, and you know, I think that's kind of that kind of makes me want to honor God. Like it, 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 it creates in me a motivation to want to honor God with like my life and like what I do, um, even if it's like not done well or not not done in the best way. You know, I it's and I I'm not sure what to describe this other than to want to worship God with my life, but you know, it's just it, you can't shake that feeling that it's like I have. It's not a responsibility, but I will, like I I almost feel like I've I have no no choice or like nothing else to do or like nothing, nothing's more important than to do this with my life mm-hmm. for God, like to honor God with mm-hmm. everything I have and everything I've been given because that's that's what it's for or like that's what. It can do for others, and you know, and I, and I love that, you know, you had that conversation with Doctor Sammy because you know, like, what does it really mean to worship and lay down your life for God? Is to really serve Him and to really, um, you know, serve others because of that heart, and it has nothing to do with this moral obligation because of a Christian life, but it's like the Christian life comes from that place of worshiping, Receiving, yeah, right. So I mean, thank you. for sharing that you know i think if i had any doubts about like what like if i if like i share that gratefulness or like if i or like if i'm ungrateful and stuff which i am uh at least it's it's kind of it kind of goes to show that i can always come back to a place that you know intends to love god or intends because I, i i forget a lot you know I have, a, I have a small confession. Um, for your birthday, I like forgot to write a card. <laughs> you know, like I, I and I bring this up kind of because like not now because <laughs> like I I every week or like you know when uh, this person organized this thing, I was like yes, I'll definitely write a card. I just kept forgetting for some reason. Like I just like like Sunday rolled around and they were collecting the cards. I was like, oh, I forgot. I totally forgot. And they're like, oh, you could submit it later. I just forgot and I just kept forgetting. And I was like, oh. It passed. Like I can't write a card. Like it would be kind of foolish to write a card. Um, and but you know, like I wanted to write a card. I just 
you know, I don't know what happened. I, I literally forgot. Like, I just thought I would come write a card when the time came. Um, but, you know, I was like, I was like, I'm going to write a card eventually soon. You know, I just wanted to. I just thought it was funny. But I forgot. It's not like I don't I don't appreciate you. I appreciate you very much. It's just, you know. So you need to write a card. You need to purchase one from Henry. Yeah, I'll purchase one from, from his Henry. company of yeah, unsaid things. Exactly. Um, and you need to write the card. It's no, just, but I'm you trying texted to, me. I'm yeah, kidding. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to display <laughs> my human nature, but that's not like my heart. You know, I, I do. I do appreciate you. So you say it uh, on podcast? Oh, well, no, I just... <laughs> That's I just, unfair. No, it's not... No, just, I'm just yeah, kidding. You, I mean, you can edit this out, but I was just... I thought it was funny because, like, when... Because, you know, when Dr. Sammy was preaching about that part, oh, I was just like... Because you brought up the cards. I was like, oh, you know, because, like, the more... So, last last Sunday... Oh, my God, it's a deeper confession oh, yeah, joke. Oh, sorry. Like, last <laughs> like last Sunday, I had, like... I was like, oh, I have to totally get past Lady a card. And, and then I just sat there, and I ended up studying... Uh-huh. And then I was like, "Oh, service started." I totally forgot to get a card. And I was like, all right, all right, "At least I have like until next week." Mm. And then now I'm forty. Yeah, now you're forty. And then like, <laughs> I was like, Sarah was like, "Oh, you know, you could you could bring me your card whenever." And I was like, "Great." And then like, I guess I I just I never got around to it. Uh-huh. In time, so I was like, oh, "Okay, I'll just bring it on Sunday, mm-hmm. like this past Sunday." Okay. Um, and then like we were late <laughs> to service, so like I didn't go out to get a card. And then I was mm. like, oh, I have to like write a card, and then that just ain't preach that. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> you're gonna take out a card, right? Yeah, right I'm gonna now. write a card. Oh, well, no, I don't have one? no, I no, I just I don't have it yet. And I just I'm just saying there's a card sometimes coming. Soon. Yeah, okay. there's a card coming. Well, I am turning forty-one next November. Yeah, I'm not gonna wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get a card then too. I'm just saying I don't want to miss the boat of appreciation and gratitude. You know just got on the I, I receive your card i just got on the later <laughs> boat just just a little, a little later okay it's okay thanks i appreciate the gesture okay <laughs> the gesture without action all right yeah it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's coming okay. yeah but um yes <laughs> uh how do I transition? I was going to say this, but okay, it's okay, Joe. I uh, know you eventually write me one, okay? Yeah, I will. I will. Yes. Um, but, you know, I was going to say <laughs> for, you know, people who might be wondering, like, where can I start in this worship and gratefulness? I say start with the things that you feel are the most cliche but is on your heart say it like before you yes i'm speaking to you joe no you are no i'm just kidding no no no. i'm speaking to the listeners but you know start simple Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be so eloquent i think you know a lot of times i'm not saying that this is why you didn't write me a card but i think a lot of times it is the greater the gratitude it gets overwhelming Mm. and we talked about this and you know, in the er- earlier part of this podcast, that we don't know how to put things into words. Cause, mm-hmm. um, but, hey, what's so wrong about saying thank you, right? I'm not talking to you, Joe. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is not about my card. Yes. Like, to you know, like, husbands telling their wives thank you. Mm-hmm. Or wives telling their husbands, hey, I really appreciate you for that thing that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, or friends saying, hey, I want to thank you for being there for me. 
you know? Mm. Um, so, I think just expressing the smallest things, you know, it's really interesting how the simplest things can be the most encouraging to somebody mm. and produce life in that person, you know? So, yeah. it's just like with little things. And, you know, you might say, well, I'm not really like the worshiping type. Well, I think there's no such thing. We all learn how to worship. We learn what worship is. We learn gratitude. We learn to give things back to God. We mm. learn to attribute back to God. So it's not too late to turn to God and to give Him glory and thanks for what He has done. Mm. You know, I, like, I, I say this because time passes you know, so yeah. quickly. And it's not so much about how much time passes, but the thing about time passing without things that could have been said is that the more time passes, it seems more irrelevant. And so I, I say, let's, let's seize the day mm. and, you know, do lists, right? Start with the list mm. of 10 things that... um that I love about my husband, right? Or five things I love about my friend, mm -hmm. why I appreciate my friend, you know? And it could even be like four, like three things why I love my dog. Because sometimes it could be like, and it's, I'm, I'm trying to really make it as simple as possible because I think we need these steps sometimes. Yeah. Because sometimes it feels like a big jump yeah. of and out of character. Yeah, we do have to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I'm so tired of cleaning, you know, Brownie's poop. I'm tired of walking her. But really sit down and reflect. You know what? Because of Brownie, I get to walk every day outside, which I wouldn't on my own. Mm -hmm. um, you know, two, I guess I'm just doing this now, but two, because of Brownie, um, I'm grateful for the silly moments where she'll come in and, drink our water so loud that we have to stop podcasts. Mm, yeah. But it brings so much joy, right? Yeah. I mean, to me, because it's hilarious that yeah. like there are these things that you want things to go in your control, but it just doesn't. Yeah. And it's such a great humorous way of realizing that not everything is in our control. Yeah. Like the dog needs to drink, right? Yeah. The dog needs to crunch down all our food when we record for whatever reason, other than that she's a very social animal. Mm. Or like three... That she's always there to welcome whoever comes in the yeah. house. There, she's like the best hospitality team, a welcoming crew. Yeah. yeah. So, and then you know when you do that, you you appreciate your dog. Mm. So don't stop at your dog because it's easy to express to a dog that can't, where you don't feel so vulnerable, opening yeah. your heart. Express to a friend. Express to your pastor. Express to the people who serve. Um, behind the scenes, mm -hmm. express to your barista, you know, and express to God. You know, God doesn't think, oh, what you just said is so not big enough compared to what I've done for you. Yeah, God doesn't see things that way. God mm -hmm. loves it when we turn to Him, when we realize and return and give thanks to Him. Mm -hmm. So sing along to the worship and give thanks to God, but also stop in a moment throughout the day and say, God, thank you so much for 
this life.、Mm. Thank you so much for、um, this home. Thank you so much, God, for me sitting in the park of this campus. Thank you so much for the friends that I've met because of this opportunity that you have allowed in my、mm. life. Thank you so much for this community. Where on a good day I'm so grateful, on a bad day I'm so annoyed, but because I know that I am annoyed because they care about me.、Mm. You know, thank you so much. So it's not about all rose colored things where everything is so positive, but even seeing the hardship and turning it around,、yeah. because knowing that God is at work、mm-hmm. behind the scenes and thanking God for that. I think that's why Paul said that I have learned to be content in all circumstances.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether I'm well fed or hungry or, you know, in, in all sorts of hardship, because I mean, the man had a lot of prayer time and reflection time too, because of the persecution and the, you know, the imprisonment and all this stuff. But he knew in hindsight, and we learn a lot in hindsight, right?、Mm. How to be content, he says. And he says, And therefore, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me.、Mm-hmm. So, that contentment and gratefulness and worship, it, ha- it strengthens us. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength.、Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it is such a. It could sound like such a cliche. I think we say that a lot because I think, like, you know, there's so much. If we don't say things well, It's not lit, like, yo, that's fire. Like, if we don't, but this is kind of how this culture is. Yeah. It's like, if you don't say it well, it's like, eh, okay. Yeah. Nothing is said. It might be deep, but there's no comment, there's no feedback. Like, you don't really, and people all often feel like if it's not significant, that it must have not meant anything. Right. But sometimes the simplest things have a way of expressing. The very depths of what we need to say.、Mm-hmm. And so I often feel like that. I feel like, oh man, like what I said, I hope it's not cliche, but I really mean that.、Mm-hmm. How can I say it in any other way other than I love you? Yeah. You know, certain things never grow old. True. So to express that, I think not only keeps love alive in relationships. But it keeps our hearts and our life and our, our love for God alive as well.、Hmm. And God deserves the glory. Every good thing comes from the Father of lights. It comes from God, the Bible says. And every good thing in me comes from the Lord, David says. So、yeah. let's worship Him. Let's say thank you. You know, I think one of the reasons why Sam and I are so close, even after almost 20 years of marriage, is because we have a deep appreciation for each other. Yeah. Not just like an infatuation love for each other, but our affection is strong because we appreciate each other so much.、Mm. And, and when we do fight, you know, I'll literally sit down and be like, why was I upset? And then I'll realize his intention and why he made me angry. And I'll realize, oh, it wasn't what I thought.、Hmm. It was because he was thinking of me. And oftentimes I'll catch myself. I'm like,、uh, like I, I think I recently said sorry to him for getting upset at something. And I said, Sam, sorry, honey. I didn't mean to be entitled about something.、Hmm. And he's like, 
honey, you don't have to say that. It's all right. And but for me, is it is it frivolous to say sorry after 20 years? No. Yeah. I said sorry because I realized he was thinking about me, and I twisted and thought it was something else. But it's we do that in every relationship, right? Yeah. We often are being thoughtful, and then it gets kind of like missed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he's like, "No, it's okay, honey." And I said, "Honey, I really appreciate you that you were thinking about me, but I totally missed it." And then he was like, "Aw." Yeah. So we say corny things to each other because we mean it. Yeah. So I don't think we have to be so eloquent and so ready to say things. I think we just need to say them mm. to each other and to God. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I'm definitely listening because, because uh, <laughs> I have like, I think I fall into this trap that there's always going to be time later to mm. do those things, right? Like, it's like, oh, I can't do it now. I'll do it later. Or like, uh, is it worth bringing it up right now? Maybe I'll bring it up later, right? It's, it's just kind of like an excuse to pro- procrastinate like your expression or, mm. you know, saying the things that mean stuff or like being able to um like yeah say what needs to be said it 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 kind of gives you that cushion to just maybe they'll forget or like maybe i won't have to do that or like may or like there's going to be enough time in the future even though it's not guaranteed that like even though tomorrow's not really guaranteed for us it's it's like we we well i think i, I tend to think that way and so Mm. um i'm learning that practice of you know trying to stop and say what i think and say what i mean and um and not be too late on things you know because i think like the most awkward moments between uh me and my significant other is that you know if like there's a prolonged like lack of an i'm sorry that's that's when it gets like Mm. tougher to like bring things back together but it's like if it's like okay i own up to it i'm sorry Uh, that was my fault which happened very recently um that's that's when it's kind of like you you can establish that respect and appreciation for each other and like i think there's not enough times that i feel that i've said i love you enough to my family members or to people in general and i always think that there's going to be tomorrow like i can say that oh on my mom's birthday or later when my dad on my dad's birthday you know like maybe like once a year but there's mm-hmm. so many days and there's so many moments i could express this and i often forget uh, or i often push it back and you know i think it's it's important for me to have heard the sermon have this conversation because you know i i don't want to be too late i don't want to miss miss the opportunity to be able to express how grateful i really am because you know i even though i feel it and I can feel it. It, it, it to share that gratitude with someone I think that you want to express that towards is mm-hmm. is important you know I think it, it magnifies that joy yeah and that reflective gratitude worth so much more than all the perfunctory things because you know you should yeah so I think like taking that step back and becoming a student of gratitude student of worship i think will not only improve the quality of relationships with others but it will i don't want to say improve our worship but it will um 
increase the temperature of our worship to mm. our Lord, and the more and we become reflective and grateful people of God, and I think that becomes a reflection of who God's people are and who who God is like. That He yeah. is the giver of all things. That He is the giver of life, mm. and people will see that, you know, yeah. as we be we worship Him that way with our lives. So, um. I hope that this podcast stirs up, you know, thoughts about um, reflection or what you thought about what is a reflective life, what is um, who is a reflective person, who is. I hope it debunks those things Mm -hmm. and that we could all, you know, be on the journey of becoming more grateful to God, becoming a worshiper of God and growing in worship and growing in gratitude with others. Amen. And again, I would say, and again, I would say to turn back to continue listening for the ministry time because it was a powerful time of prayer once again. Um, to be reminded and to really practice that apart from God, even gratitude is not something God wants from us. It's something He teaches us. It's something He inspires in us. Yeah. It's something He sparks in us. It is Him working in us through Christ. So it's God through Christ working in us. So let's pray together as we end, as we listen into the ministry time. Amen. Right on time for Thanksgiving. Mm, Thank you, Pastor Lydia. Yes, thanks, Joe. Have a great week. You too. Have a great week, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. For those of us who are seeking how the Spirit has worked in your life, I pray that the Holy Spirit would connect the dots and make sense of God's loving presence in your life, even when you couldn't tell. For those of us who believe, I pray you go back to the altars where God met you, where God changed your life, where God's grace held you and carried you through. Our worship only becomes stale when our memory becomes Our memory fails us. And that's why God says to Israelites all throughout the Torah, do not forget what the Lord has done. The Lord God has done in your life. Remember. So Father, we come before you this afternoon. The Bible says the kindness of God leads us to him. The kindnesses of God leads us to repentance. And I I have two sons. I know all about how to get my sons back. It's kindness. I've tried lectures, and I'm really good at them. doesn't work. I could lecture. I prefer that. Kindness is harder. Because it takes vulnerability. You know, God is willing to take rejection from us. 
And so he waits. He moves and he waits. God is never forceful. Or the cross would not have been the major and main mechanism of salvation. It would have been a chariot instead. We are one ultimately by love, the love of God. And so what I would like to pray this moment is before we close is I pray that the Spirit of God will show you the love of God in your life when you couldn't see. Not just His sovereignty, not just His power, but His gentle, loving arm in the most difficult times in your life difficult moments and you might not have even been aware of it. It could have been a voice of a friend he sent, a prayer, a touch of a loved one. I prayed in hindsight God would begin to connect the scattered dots that don't make sense and you'll begin to see that all along he was beside you. Even when you couldn't tell. And through the years, he's trying to show you more of who he is. Our worship could only be deep as our memory. What makes something mundane versus sacred is our recollection of what happened. Father, we pray today for crystal clear, pristine memory of all the things that you've done in our lives. So Father, we come before you this afternoon. Forgive us for forgetting too easily. For reflecting too little. Reflecting often too late. There's so many people that you've sent in our lives to bless us. There's so many things that you've done to help us flourish. There's so many things that you will do. And we'll be caught in this tension of amnesia And that's why you need to save us and lead us. You told us in your word that anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. We pray, God, that you would do this work in us. Only you can do this work to make us worshipers. It takes God to love God. Our will will fail. So work in us, God. Change us. Do what you promised in Ezekiel. Put a new heart and a new spirit within us. So we can follow you for the rest of our lives. Will you bow your heads for the benediction? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ 
and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. So we have a few announcements for November. Um, first is the 180 care packages at NYU. Um, the date is November 19th, Tuesday. Time is 7 p.m. The location is NYU Kimmel ENL Auditorium, fourth floor. It is an event of giving away care packages of really awesome stuff um, in awareness of mental health um, to the college students in NYU. And there are three ways you can get involved. You can, three Ps. One is you can pay, you can, gi you can give to it through Venmo, Chase, QuickPay, or at 180 Church on Venmo, or you could bring your presence and volunteer because they will need um, a lot of hands and help and just smiling faces and welcoming faces to be there. And that second way. And third way is if you can't pay, you can't present, you can't give presents or do both. And you would like to do the third. So you can pray for the event for the time that was given. You can start praying now um, to just cover the event that it will be a very meaningful and significant time for those who come, that they will um, feel cared for, that they will that they will know that they matter, and ultimately to God and to find um, uh, to find Christ. Second announcement: You are invited to a Thanksgiving potluck, also being held at NYU Grand Hall, two thirty eight Thompson Street, fifth floor at six p.m. It is a potluck event, and it is held by um, One Eighty Church. And if you would like to bring something, please email. B I L L Y K I M dot one eight zero at gmail dot com for more information on the event or um, perhaps a list of what you can bring and what is needed for the event. So you're welcome. Please come. It's such a great event um, to eat together and to get to know each other and to close out the month of um, November together in Thanksgiving. So please come. Hey everyone, we just have some community news for you as we end our podcast today. We want to invite you to join us for our Sunday service. We meet at the AMC Lowe's Theater at 19th and Broadway in Manhattan at 12 noon, and we'd love to see you guys there. We also have a prayer text hotline where you can send your prayer requests. It's available at 5397-PRAYER and at prayer at 180church.tv. In the midst of life, if you need prayer, our team is available to lift you up in your struggles, and we're always there for you. You can check out our Bible reading group online at 180brg.tumblr.com and on Instagram as well at 180brg. And it's a great resource for being grounded in God's Word and really plugging God's Word into our daily lives. You can also find us online through our Instagram page at 180church and our church website at 180church.tv. And lastly, if you'd like to make an offering, you can do so electronically at our website at 180church.tv.